Mom, Dad, I humbly suggest you save some money and shop Amazon for back to school. It's for my growth, meaning my body's growing at an alarming rate. And clothes you buy me this year will be very small very soon. Plus, the clothes I love today will be out of style tomorrow. But at least your wallet doesn't have to be my fashion victim if you shop low prices for school at Amazon. Hopefully this is helpful. Amazon. Spend less, small more. Capella University is rethinking higher education. With their game-changing FlexPath format, you can earn your degree on your schedule so you can fit education seamlessly into your life. Imagine your future differently at capella.edu. Welcome back, everybody, to our third installment of the History of Trans World. We're really excited to bring you this full story from start to finish. In today's economy, more people than ever are looking to buy and sell businesses. But how do you do it? Welcome to The Deal Board, presented by Trans World Business Advisors. Straight talk about real deals and real people. Listen to stories, interviews, and expert advice to help your business sale, merger, or acquisition process. Now, here are your business exit experts, Andy and Jessica. Hey, welcome back, everybody. And we are continuing our story about Trans World, the history of Trans World. And it's nice to get this all in one place, Jessica. I mean, it's uh, we've had two episodes so far. So if you haven't heard those, you want to go back, right? Yeah, definitely. So we had a two-week break. So you want to skip and you want to go back, you know, uh, four episodes passed and then three. But we went through the very beginning history, Andy, where you interviewed um, all the various different owners and iterations of what trans world was before. Sons, daughters. <laughs> yeah. It, yeah. Was, it was chaotic. But it was a fun episode. And, and so that's really the beginning years. And then the second part um, that we recently just went through was really the growth years um, with you and two of your partners, um, Peter and Tom, that that told us the story of those heavy growth years that you really expanded quickly. Yeah, that was fun. And that was certainly a time where we we're certainly entrepreneurial. And, uh, you know, it. those are scary times for businesses. Those are times where you know, you're not sure uh, whether or not you could really take it to the next level. And so that was, uh, it's a great story. Again, uh, just a lot of interesting twists and turns and investments. And so uh, that's a good listen as well. This one's really good. So now we're we're up to about what, 2010, I think is where we're starting today. Yeah, 2010. And of course, a little bit of thinking about why we became a franchise. And certainly we were thinking about it all 2009. And it really came from the idea of our partnership, which I talked about in the last episode uh, with John Ruggieri in Orlando and how productive that was. And it was really a good, you know, it was kind of our first idea of let's open up in another place, but let's have someone that is ingrained in the community. John was uh, a leader in Orlando still is, uh, you know, on the opera board, Uh, you know, we didn't mention this in the, but he was really a guy about town, uh, lived in Isleworth with Tiger Woods and Shaq. And so he knew a lot of people, uh, including a big law firm, uh, Greenspoon Martyr, which we've mentioned a few times. And we were able to partner with him and, but it was more of a, you know, informal, uh, you know, partnership. And we thought, but we need to do that lots of times. And if you're going to do that lots of times, what's that called, right? Yeah, it's called franchising. Right. So that's where that's where we're kind of we start with our story today is 2010 when you guys get to that point 
and what happens after that. I think, you know, what was really interesting for me for this interview is just looking at Transworld as a case study for businesses that do want to franchise, right? And I, I think then we said this um, in, in the last episode that it's really easy to look at Transworld now and you see the the breadth of it of across like a multinational company, hundreds of offices, hundreds of brokers, but just hearing the story from the beginning um, of the franchising journey and just, you know, starting with just the Florida offices and growing from there. Yeah, I think it's a really good case study as well, looking at the journey of an early franchise, right? So it, you know, I didn't know what I was getting into, certainly, uh, but Ray did, right? And Ray kept assuring me, and we have some fun in the interview of Ray poking fun at me and me constantly asking, when are we going to make money? Um, but Ray knew the path and, um, and I needed to trust him and we did. And it, it's been a great journey. But again, giving away a little bit about the episode, but lots of good things uh, come from this episode. If you want to franchise, you have to realize it's going to be a journey. Yeah, it's going to be a, a, a fun journey. So today we've got um, yourself as part of the interview, Andy. We have uh, Ray Titus, who's the CEO of United Franchise Group and your partner in the franchising space for Transworld. And we have Bill Luce, who really Bill's been around since the beginning, but he's currently the president of the brand. Yeah. So yeah, you're going to hear how integral Bill was and he's a partner as well. So it's really good. Yeah. All right. Well, let's jump in. And then we've got one more uh, part to this series. So make sure you don't miss next week episode where we kind of come full circle and wrap up the full story. You got it. Hey, Andy, do you know what time it is? It's time for our deal of the week. Deal of the week. Sold. Hey, welcome back, everybody. And it is Deal of the Week. And I have Lonnie Woodruff from Transworld Business Advisors of Central Oregon. And he just closed the deal. Really nice deal. So tell us about it, Lonnie. It was a fairly large absentee e-commerce business in the outdoor power sports world. Nice. And we all know that e-commerce sells for a lot of money. People are always looking for e-commerce deals. So tell us how much it sold for. It sold for $2.95 million. Nice. And was it making money at the time? It making a bunch of money and absentee. The owners did a good job in the last few years, uh, scaling themselves out of business, hiring the right management and had uh, just a great work culture that everybody was nuts over. Wow. So who was the buyer? Was it a strategic buyer or was it an individual? It was a guy that came out of California, the tech world, actually had uh, the skill set to pick up a lot of low hanging fruit for this business and uh, he's going to take it to new levels. Nice. Sounds like good deals for good people. Was there financing involved? It was actually cash deal. Cash, cash deal. All right. All cash deal. I bet you had a lot of buyers on that one. I had a lot of buyers on that. Yeah. yeah. Lots and lots of buyers and a lot of activity, a couple offers, but uh, this was the one that, that made it to the finish line. Excellent. Excellent. So if somebody wants to sell an e-commerce business, wants to talk to you, what's the best way to get in touch with you? Uh, give me a call. 541-920-9026. Excellent, Lonnie. Thanks for being with me. Thank you, Andy. Welcome back, everybody, to our third installment of the history of Transworld. We're really excited to bring you this full story from start to finish. So if you're paying attention, last time we came all the way up to beginning to grow Transworld as a national brand. And before we jump into that, um, I want to introduce two very important people uh, to our brands today to kind of tell us where they were at before they were introduced to Transworld. So Ray Titus, welcome to the show. Thanks for being with us. Thanks, Jess. And Bill Luce as well. Welcome to the show. Thank you for being on the deal board. Thanks, Jess. So why don't we start with, before you guys got introduced to Transworld, tell the listeners a little bit about what you guys do and what 
were your thoughts about business brokerage? Let's say, was this back probably 2009-ish around there? Yes. Um, I was just going to say when, when myself and Ray, I mean, I can speak for myself. I've always been intrigued with business brokerage. I was original vice president for a long time with the United Franchise Group. So I had dealt with business brokers along the way. And it was something that always intrigued me. And, and Ray had started a retail franchise concept. And Ray, maybe you could talk a little bit about that for a minute. Sure. Yeah. Well, with our history in franchising going back to 1986 with Sinorama and having built up many different franchise companies, we felt it was time for us to actually develop. Um, we ended up developing a portal to sell franchises, and that turned into a retail location to offer franchises and brochures. And, and you know, as the economy was going down at that time, we were looking at, and we were kind of struggling with this, Do we? what do we add to make this business more viable? And, and Bill and I had these conversations about what do we add? And one of them was business brokerage to be able to sell resales and, and to get into, we were actually just thinking about the resales and franchising, Jess, initially. And then it became, okay, the business brokerage side. And we actually even had a branding and we went through that, Bill, right? Remember? Coming up with the name Biz One and and everything that we were doing and uh, it was it was uh, a lot of fun. It was a lot of fun and we we were kind of starting really from scratch and you know we we've had experience obviously in building successful franchise systems but not specifically in business brokerage. But we started off and and you know we we got off to what I think was a, a pretty decent start, but we lacked the experience specifically in the industry. And yeah. that's where that's where uh, Andy and Ray connected. Well, doing deals like we were used to selling franchises, we weren't used to doing you know bigger brokerage deals, and and so we did well with the franchise resales and the selling of new franchises. But the brokerage deals kind of weren't that wasn't something that was our expertise. And then I got a call, and they, you know the guy said, "Well, you want to get together with Andy Cagnetta down in Fort Lauderdale?" And I had heard Andy's commercials and. Um, you know, and, and and on the radio all the time and said, you know what, it probably makes sense. He's got a, a big operation in Fort Lauderdale and we should have dinner. And the two of us, Andy, what we had dinner and I, I don't know if it was 15 or 20 minutes where one of us looked at the other and said, you know, everything about franchising and nothing about business brokerage. And we know everything about business brokerage and nothing about that. And, and we ended up saying we're the perfect partners in this, right? I mean, that was a fun night too. It's all about timing too, because it's really interesting. So you guys are grow, starting this franchise brand and business brokerage. And like we talked about in the last segment, Andy and his partners are trying to figure out how to branch off nationally and start franchising. It's, it's one of those, like, it was the perfect timing for both of you to meet. So tell us, Andy, a little bit about that conversation and how you knew that this was the right partnership to move forward with. Yeah, I, I, it was funny. We met, I think, first at UFG, and uh, and Bill and I and, and Ray met. And I think I walked away from that meeting, you know, like blown away by UFG. It's a it's an amazing company, and it's it's very you know fifty thousand square feet. It just and so I walked away from this like this can't be real. I mean, I think that was my. Uh, it was too good to be true, and and that's why I requested the dinner because I said I got to meet Ray like off. <laughs> the the site of 
UFG to see, you know, like if we would be compatible together. And I really wanted to get our wives together too. Just, yeah. it was just something that, uh, you know, I thought would be good for us, both of us. And yeah, within, I mean, we were already sold on the idea before we went to dinner, but you know, once we got to dinner and started uh, breaking bread, we're like, this is perfect. It, it's really going to work out well. And, and it really was. Uh, and Andy has, has been just a phenomenal partner and, and uh, our relationship has just grown over the, the last 12 years and, and uh, in, incredibly. Um, and initially, uh, you couldn't be, uh, for both of us, we were kind of used to running our own ships, but we were both really conscious of each other and, and not trying to step over the uh, overstep ourselves and and in building a business that's really hard to kind of balance between doing what you know is right but you know being conscious of each other uh all the time and so i think bill was a, a really good buffer to step in and be that um you know to be the brand president and to to run the brand well as it's funny because as a partnership and you know you guys have very different personalities and very different ways to kind of attack different problems and things like that, but they complement each other very, very well. There's like a, there's a cool yin and a yang thing that goes on with both of you guys that that's really fun to watch from my, from my standpoint. But it, it in the early days, you know, again, we came aboard and Ray had already, and Bill had already had about a dozen or so uh, franchisees that were involved with biz one uh, brokers slash uh, franchise mark. And so the first kind of thing that we had to do was pitch them all on the idea of changing the name to Transworld. And and I have to admit, I, I've said before, I didn't like the name Transworld. And Bill was all in. Bill was like, no, I love that name. We're going to make that. this Transworld. Yeah. So, yeah, that was so funny because Bill was that way. I was the same way because Andy's like, well, you know, you could change the name if you want to change the name. And I was like, no, we don't want to change the name. We love the name. Like, that's we just. You know, we loved it and and just it fit us perfect, especially for international growth down the road. We could see that with the trans world name and everything, Andy. So we that was so funny that that was one of those times where Andy was just so, you know, uh, nice about it um, and, and, and was like, no, if you guys want to change the name, we can do that and we can work with that. But no, we we loved it. We loved we it. were trying to get away from the broker name, right? So we had we had struggled with that for years. That we, you know, business brokers uh, name and being able to go up market or be able to do other things like franchising. So business brokers, I we always felt as a company was kind of holding us back. But we had had it already for you know almost twenty something over twenty something years mm -hmm. at that point. So they came up with the idea of business advisors. We kind of looked around and and I think, you know, just fit really well. And so we were all like that aha moment. That was the perfect name to launch with. Yeah. Adding the business advisors. I agree with you, Andy. That was a, that was the thing that it really needed to, I think, take it to another level uh, and really open it up to the masses more and, and be able to build and grow the business. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. It's, um, it's, it's really, I, I think it's encompasses everything that we do at this point. So it fits really well. I'm wondering, um, and Bill, this might be best for you to answer because you were really involved in the early days of converting franchisees and selling new franchisees. What was the response early on? And, and did you think it was going to become as big as it is? I mean, like, you know, Ray's built giant franchise companies with Signorama and fully promoted. You've been involved in that. Did you see that 
potential for trans world in those first couple of years? I definitely saw the potential because I knew the industry was very kind of underdeveloped, especially from a franchising aspect of building, you know, a successful global brand and things like that. And, and look, I always knew that this was going to be something great, but it's been 10 times better than I even thought it would be. And I think a lot of that has to do with the partnership. And and there's something that's happened with Transworld. And I'd love to tell you, you know, we planned it this way, but we really didn't. Okay. But the people that are generally attracted to Transworld as a business model tend to be top-notch people, people with executive backgrounds, people with corporate backgrounds, people that have owned their own business. And what happens? You put good people in business. It attracts other good people. Before you know it, you have a network of really, really great business people. That's happened with Transworld, and that's that's a huge part of our success. I, I think, Jess, if I would throw in, I think Bill's 100% right. It's the, you have this perfect storm of, you know, great quality owners that drive the brand locally. You've got a proven model that's been enhanced over years and years and years with Transworld and Andy's team and what they've done. And then you have the franchising side where we're growing and we have the systems to build and grow a franchise company. So between those three, um, you know, what we have to do is is really just work really hard um, at keeping things out of everybody's way and, and just, you know, just keep, you know, allowing our franchise owners and, and, and helping them in any way we can and supporting them and consistently looking for ways to make their life a little easier. And, and free up on paperwork or free up on certain aspects. So I think that all of those things that we're always doing a one-year and a three-year plan every single year, and it's constant here that we're always looking to improve. We're always looking to improve the individuals, and we're always looking to improve the brand, and we're going to consistently do that with Transworld. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's 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 funny when I talk to people coming into the system, right? Or people thinking about buying a trans world. It's exactly how I explain it. It's like, you, you can be a very successful entrepreneur, but with a lot of support for the things that you don't necessarily want to do, right? <laughs> the process and systems that most entrepreneurs don't love creating. That's that's why you would become a franchisee, especially in the United Franchise Group family and with Transworld. Um, right, kind of to follow up on your question and to uh, your response and to take us forward a little bit, what are some of the milestones as a franchisor that Transworld started to hit that you knew it would be a success? And maybe this will be helpful for anyone that's listening that's thinking about potentially franchising their company. Like, what are those milestones you look for? I think initially, you know, you you want to have that first, you know, that first school, that first training, and, you know, you got to get through that and kind of work with those people and help them uh, become successful. Um, but I think as the brand hit uh, 25 and 50, and, and we knew at that, that point, like there was no more question, is this going to be successful or not? It's just then become, it, it, it would become, you know, how successful is this going to be our largest brand? Is this going to be, you know, we, we all, we also did a great competitive analysis and looking at these other companies that were out there, and uh, we just saw so many weaknesses and so uh, such a lack of follow up and professionalism. And you know, I I reached a point at United Franchise Group where we were not dealing with brokers because they were so unprofessional and wouldn't follow back if they did three four deals, they made enough money for the year, and then they wouldn't return your phone calls. And 
And so, you know, the broker business was not something that had a great reputation when we first started. It was kind of, a, a you know, different. It, we weren't used to it. And, and, and I think we've done a lot to change that with Transworld, with the, the, to Bill's point, the high quality of owners that we put into business, um, and then what they're doing with the business and, and driving the brand locally, uh, getting involved in charities and taking Andy's lead from Andy's pasta dinner and, and, and really taking that on a local basis and doing their own. And, and that's great to see. We want, you know, that's what we really want to see is to make a difference in the local communities as well. Yeah, and that's, that's a really good point, right? Andy, you really set the tone for the culture of what the organization was going to be. And maybe you can talk a little bit about, because uh, we didn't cover this in the last segment, your charitable efforts, but also how you were trying to lead really a cultural change within the industry through your work with the IBBA and things like that. Yeah, I, I've always believed that we we needed to step it up. And I still do believe that. And, you know, UFG helped us and uh, I, I think one of the big milestones was watching our first office get to a million dollars in uh, in commissions. Yeah, there was someone on this call, so <laughs> it was you who did that. And yeah. and 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 just watching other people be successful, like you said, we were successful in Florida, and we were continuing to grow. And just watch it work elsewhere was really exciting for us. And you know, building that culture of going into a community and becoming the trusted advisor. And giving back to the community, you know, things like sitting on boards like I do at the LifeNet. And we started our own charity dinner, which UFG has successfully helped us grow as well to a thousand people a year. And and getting involved in the industry. And we we see that not only, you know, I became the IBBA chair, but you've become the president of uh, organizations and Al and then uh, Rupesh just took the took our, our one of our other franchisees just took the gavel at the CVBBA in uh, Virginia. So we're seeing that over and over again of people, you know, like Bill said, high level people that we've attracted to the system and and are doing exactly what, you know, we wanted to do. We wanted to take this to another level. So we become trusted advisors in the community by the accountants, by the attorneys, by investment bankers who are doing big deals, who don't know anybody who's doing the smaller, uh, you know, middle market slash Main Street deals. Andy mentioned um, another milestone that came to my mind. It was when we had a, a franchise convention and we started having franchise owners hitting like a whole bunch of them hitting that 100,000. Um, Mark and and it just for for to see the number of people that were up there um, and and that were being called and and the awards from the award set standpoint um, at that point I I don't know I think maybe we were five six years in Bill does that make about sense at that time and it was really um, incredible to see the in, in amount of people that hit those numbers. And then everybody else knew, like, holy cow, if they did it, we can do it. And then it kind of went from there, didn't it? Yes. That's one of the most incredible things that we've seen with Transworld is just the bar keeps going up and up and up. And there's no end in sight. It just keeps raising. And I think there's a there's an energy, there's a passion, there's an enthusiasm that surrounds this brand that I don't see in a lot of other businesses, industries, it's its an excitement, it's electric. And it's just so satisfying to see the success 
that our franchisees and brokers are having. It's incredible. Yeah. We love it. Yeah. Which ultimately means too, we're achieving success for our clients, right? Just the sheer number of businesses that are sold every year throughout the network. And um, I think I want to get into the international stuff, but um, we can continue this part. We're talking about just like where we've grown to today um, in the, in the U S market. And I don't know who wants to tackle that. Like how, how large this thing has become and how many clients we are serving on an annual basis. I don't, I mean, it's, it's a lot. So. Well, we're in we're in 47 out of the 50 states here domestically. We have coverage throughout the entire United States, which helps our clients tremendously because we're able to service them not only on a local level, but you know, people move from all over the place, and we're able to help them sell their business. We're help, able to help clients buy businesses and buy fran- franchises. All that is attributed to the size of our network, which is incredible. Well, yeah, there's over 700. Go ahead, Andy. No, there's over 700 brokers. I think we almost have 5,000 listings. We're going to sell in excess of a billion dollars worth of businesses uh, this year. It's just this, you know, this the size is is just incredible, and it continues to grow, as Bill said, and internationally. And that's really, you know, what UFG brought to the table. You talked about the excitement. So I have to say, you know, being in a room of business brokers is usually not the most exciting thing in the world. Um, but it's UFG, <laughs> you know, UFG has an energy and it has it and it's and it's always on go, 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 grow, grow, grow. And they brought a certain level of excitement to the business and to even, you know, we were talking about it on the last podcast about the guys in Florida just say how invigorated they were and how inspired in the systems that, you know, UFG brought that helped them do better. And so we're, we're seeing that. And then Ray, you know, uh, has been growing his brands for years internationally, and he's he's the guru of that. And he's just done a great job. You could talk about that, right? Well, sure. Uh, I mean, we are in 80 countries. I don't know if that qualifies me for guru status. Um, it but, does. Uh, you know, yeah. Uh, with, with, as as we've built up our company, we've seen tremendous opportunities and Transworld has just fit in so perfect. I mean, look, when you look at the Transworld business model, it's incredible. I mean, you don't have manufacturing equipment. There's no inventory. You're not hiring a lot of employees. You can build it very quickly. There's not rent. There's not equipment payments. There's not all these other things that come with most other businesses. And it's very rare to find a business that if you sell one person, one thing, and you can pay your whole investment back, that's really incredible as well. So we have people that have done that. And it's incredible to see um, you know, them be able to take this business to another level. And, and we're seeing it. Just the way we built our company, each one of our brands has been on the success of the franchisees. The better they are, the better we are. But they tell us, as you know, uh, you know, what works, what doesn't work. Boy, it'd be great if you did a little more of this or that or whatever. We get our best ideas from our franchise owners. So all we have to do is ask the questions or listen and, and, and then facilitate those ideas across all the brand, across the whole country and out there. And that's part of what Bill's job is, is to get him and his team to facilitate those great ideas and to be able to take them out. And from what they see at conferences or what they see as they travel around the world and, and get these great ideas because they come from everywhere, 
and to be able to apply them in the, the business model and keep looking to improve the business. I think like Bill, last year, the addition of um, you know the million dollar position that we talked about, right? That was a great addition to the system, wasn't it? Well, absolutely. And look, I think it's okay to be proud of what we have accomplished, but we're not satisfied. And we're always looking to get better and improve and find new uh, streams of income for our franchisees and make it easier for our franchisees to sell larger deals as well as other types of deals. We're never going to be satisfied. We're always growing. And and I credit, you know, both of you guys for kind of steering the ship and pushing that to make sure we're providing the best possible systems to our franchisees. Now I know where my husband gets happy, not satisfied. From. <laughs> <laughs> right. But, you know, I think that's a really, what Ray was talking about, what you built on, Bill, it's a really good learning lesson for entrepreneurs, right? Because essentially you just described your role as the franchisor is to listen to your, your customer, the franchisee, take the feedback, try and imply and make your service better, right? And I think we can all take that in any business that we're in is that, and I know that's even like, that's your mission statement at United Franchise Group, right? When the franchisee is successful, you're successful. So really important learning lesson. Hey, I'm just wondering who, what country was the first international expansion for Transworld? I don't know if I know this. You guys remember? The first country. Where did did we go first, guys? I mean, um, was it? The UK? I think it might have been. I think it was the United Kingdom. I think it was. Um, you know, that or Australia. UK came before Australia with this brand. Yeah. Yeah, it was it, close, but uh, yeah, I can't I can't remember exactly which one came first. It was it was roughly the same time. And uh, Bill and Ray, you guys have been involved in international expansions before, but I mean, Andy, what what was your role changing like to, throughout this process from, you know, running a very successful business in Florida, but being a Florida focused business? Now you've got franchisees all across the U.S. and in multiple countries. How did your role or perspective change as an entrepreneur? It, it changed just trying to understand the norms of business brokerage across the world. Uh, you know, obviously, I was pretty well in tune to, to the United States being involved with the IBBA and being involved and and I had some international exposure, but you know Ray uh, gave and Bill gave us a lot of help in and you know there's two kind of sides to the story. One side is you have to adapt to the local you know rules and regulations. On the other side, you can't you have to be forceful enough to say no 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 this works and it'll work here too and ray has some famous stories of when he went to other countries and people say well that doesn't work here and ray had to straighten them out well yeah we i i remember andy with sinorama we went when we went to australia they said we don't cold call here you don't you you can't go out in the business community like that and cold call no i said well we're going to that's what we're going to do and and so Andy's 100% right. You want to localize the business, but you don't want to give up your values and everything that made you successful in the first place. So you kind of balance between that. You might spell a word differently. Um, You may, you know, handle things a little differently, um, but there are some things you just cannot give up on. And you just have to be really, really strong about holding on to certain things that that are like that, 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 that are critical. 
-hmm. It's interesting. When we started franchising, you know, Andy laid this great foundation that was laid in Florida. We started franchising and we come across people that say, well, that works in Florida, but is it going to work in Texas? Is it going to work in New York? Is it going to work? It works everywhere. And it's the same thing internationally. People say, yes, that works in the United States. That works in Canada. Is it going to work here? The answer is yes. It works everywhere. Well, what do we, we joke, Jess, uh, here at United Franchise Group all the time with, with people, even domestic or international. I can't tell you how many people come up to me and say, my area is different. Mm -hmm. All of them. Or, or everyone says it. My area is different. Okay, it doesn't matter if it's Minnesota. It doesn't matter if it's if it's Omaha, Nebraska. It doesn't matter if it's Barcelona. Every area is, and I, you know, recognize that. Yeah, every area is different, but every area has businesses, and they all need to be sold. And you know, this is how we do it, and and we grow. Um, you know, the other thing that we we joke about. Everybody has this great area where the largest regional mall is being built in my area, okay? <laughs> They'll actually say that. And I will go from area to area to area to area. And I've heard, you know, the largest regional mall is being built in our area a thousand times, okay? So it's incredible. But at the base of this, the system works. If you work at it and you apply it, now are there tweaks that have to be made uh, look, I would tell you there's tweaks between doing business in New York, where I grew up, and doing business in Texas or doing business in California or doing business in the United Kingdom. Every area has some differences to it, without a doubt, but it's anywhere from 2% to 8%. Like it's not this 100% difference. It's a, you know, it needs to be tweaked, it needs to be localized but you don't give up the core of the business. You don't change who you, what made you successful and who you are. Yeah. Well, I think that's what makes the, the franchising model successful. But like, even if we take a step back, like with globalization, even with globalization of small to mid-sized businesses, I think what we've learned is that, you know, humans are humans, right? So how we do business with each other really doesn't drastically changed that much. But I do have to say, I think I probably was one of those. My area was different at some point. I have brokers on my team who are still like, well, in the Western slope of Colorado is different than Denver. I'm like, Christ, it's like two hours away, you know, <laughs> like it's right. not that different. Right. So yeah, I get it. Um, and now, now I I've been in the system long enough that I, I repeat what I've learned from you guys when I get those calls and yeah. yeah. I, I remember having a conversation with Al when he was telling me you guys were almost sold out and I almost fell on the ground. I was like, sold out. You're not even close to, you know, and we started having these conversations and he's like, you know what, after giving that a little thought, we don't, we really haven't done that much business in this area or that area or this. And you start thinking about it. And, uh, We've had that internationally too. We had a master license that did a trade show booth and he had all the locations on a map and he said, we're sold out. I said, then why are you here? Like, what do you, why are you at a trade show telling everybody you're sold out? You want to, you want to be able to market and promote your business to everybody. And uh, so it's kind of, it's kind of funny. It goes, it does go full circle just once you've been in the business long enough. Yeah. So we've obviously, as a brand, had a lot of success. I know strategic planning is still about a, a month or two away, but where do the three of you see Transworld going now? I mean, we're the number one business brokerage in the world. I don't think we've uh, thrown that stat out there yet, but I mean, overwhelmingly successful. And I think beyond anything the three of you thought, what's next for the brand? Andy, you want to? 
go first? I, you know, I'm just really excited about the continue. You know, I feel like, you know, Ray, talk about sold out. I, I think we're like 25% there. I mean, <laughs> it's just so much upside and not only in the locations, but in, in our ability to reach the business owners and the franchisors that want to sell their businesses. And I think we have just started to connect and do deals together. You know, we just did that multi-million dollar deal between Florida and Boston and, you know, Massachusetts. And we're seeing our franchisees being successful in selling businesses literally across, across you know, not only state lines, but international uh, as well. And I think we're going to continue to build out that, that opportunity for people to sell deals cross-border. We just brought on the UAE. Very excited to see investment from the UAE coming to the United States and same time us to be able to export ideas and franchises into the uh, Middle East. And I think that's going to continue. We're, we're seeing, you know, Henry Ziff uh, have incredible um, M&A opportunities and us go back and forth with his franchisees like Ken. And um, it, it's just, I think there's going to be a lot more of that. I, we're just scratching the surface. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Bill, why don't we go to you next and then Ray, you'll wrap us up. Totally agree with Andy. You know, Andy's always said from the very beginning that he that he wants Transworld to be kind of the global trading floor for small business. We're becoming that. And totally agree with Andy. We have not even scratched the surface of what we're capable of doing with this brand. The growth this brand has experienced and will continue to experience is going to be unmatched in franchising. I mean, we're growing faster than the number two, three, four, and five competitors in this industry combined. There aren't a lot of franchises that can make that claim. Um, again, very, very exciting, um, but our best years are ahead of us. I, I couldn't agree more with both Andy and Bill, Jess. I think that um, we see incredible, the next year, the next three years, the next five years are going to be amazing. And, and you're just going to see this constant march to more listings, higher quality listings, higher value listings. And it's just each one of those areas are growing for our brands and more franchisees. So um, also adding more agents. And so as you keep looking at all of these metrics and as the CEO uh, in our organization, I'm always seeing numbers and metrics. And whenever we talk about Transworld, every single one of the metrics are going in the right direction. They're all very positive. And, and again, no matter what happens out there, if we get into a, a, you know, a bad recession or things change, or and, and look, we started doing this during a recession. We started doing this during much worse times. So I, I would tell you, I would expect us to be able to do exactly what we did during the pandemic, which is we pivoted the business, we kept growing it, we kept expanding, maybe not this type of business, we had that type of business. Maybe it wasn't done this way, all of a sudden, now we're on Zoom and, and Google Meets and, and we're doing deals with DocuSign and, and, and getting deals done. And we actually have gotten more deals done during the pandemic. So we're gonna just keep pivoting this business forward. I think the next uh, three years are gonna be amazing, Jess. Um, it's just for us, we just continue to look for ways to improve on it. And if we stay focused that way, it just it's funny how it happens. You just keep getting better and you keep more good things are going to happen and more opportunities are going to come before us. And 
whether we see an opportunity for an acquisition, um, whether there's technology plays that we can add to the Transworld platform and everything that we do, you know, no matter what we're going to do, Andy, myself, Bill, and the team here, we're going to group together and we're going to get feedback from the franchise owners and make sure we're doing the right things moving forward that enhance their business and make it better. And that's our focus. That's awesome. It's going to be an incredible road ahead. I mean, our our leaders, the three of you who have built and run this brand from a franchise perspective, have done a great job and are going to continue leading us forward and, and really providing the foundation of the business. So thank you all for doing this interview. On our next segment, we're going to flip and uh, Andy's actually going to lead um, the last part of the segment about the Transworld brand. And he's going to uh, interview a few of the franchisees that we've mentioned on today's call. So thank you guys all, Bill, Ray, Andy, for your leadership and for joining us on the deal board today. Hey, Jessica, you know what time it is? Money time? Almost. It's time for listing of the week. Hey, we're back and it is listing of the week. And we are talking with Rob Rabdanovich from Transworld Business Advisors of Central Oregon. And you just mentioned the name of the deal. Don't mention the name, but what kind of deal was it? You know, Andy, we've got an amazing business for sale here. It's a truck uh, repair business that does heavy equipment and also has actually three additional revenue streams that are tried, that are tied to it. How much are they asking? 2.95 and uh, million, excuse me. And uh, that also comes with land. It has a beautiful piece of real estate. It is a it is a prime piece of real estate. And business owners are looking to exit why? You know, uh, they're ready to retire. Right. I've heard of it before. We've heard of this before. We are seeing more baby boomer, boomers retire than ever before. And this is a growing business, obviously. Yeah, actually, it's been a really steady business. And what's interesting is they brought a new revenue stream in to make the third or fourth actual revenue stream that is going to add directly to the bottom line with virtually no additional cost to the business. So it's a real opportunity for somebody now. It's a great opportunity for someone. Rob, what's the best way to get in touch with you if somebody wants to learn more? Uh, Rob Rodonovich, uh, 559-801-8233. Excellent. Thanks for coming in today. Thanks, Andy. Hey, Andy, do you know what time it is? It's time for our deal of the week. Deal of the week. Sold. Hey, welcome back. And we have George Albright from Transworld Business Advisors of North Richmond Hills. There Glad you to be go. here, Andy. Yes. Got to be here. So it is a great area of Texas and you have a great deal. Yeah, it's uh, we have the territory, uh, North Richmond Hills, which is between Dallas and Fort Worth. Uh, we have a farmer's captive insurance agency in uh, Cleburne, Texas, just southwest of Fort Worth. Great opportunity. Um, the owner is uh, in ill health. We have a nice SBA loan attached to it, pre-approved through uh, a preferred lender. And uh, right now it's at a very good price at uh, around 750000 The book of business, uh, 2,200 uh, uh, PIF and policies in force. So it's a, it's a great uh, springboard for anyone in the farmers group that is looking to extend their business, uh, extend their book, and really take on uh, a, a great territory. Yeah, it sounds like a great territory. More people are moving here. More people are going to need insurance. And Absolutely. Farmers is a good name. And uh, I know they sell very well, insurance companies. So if somebody wants to get more information, what's the best way to get in touch with you? Uh, 
George Albright at uh, Transworld, uh, G Albright at TWorld.com. There you go. Thanks, George. Hey, thanks, Andy. Thanks for tuning into the show today. If you like the podcast, share it with your friends on social media. And don't forget to subscribe and leave us a review on your favorite podcasting app. If you have questions, would like to appear, or have suggestions for topics for the show, get in contact with us through our website, thedealboardpodcast.com. Mom, Dad, I humbly suggest you save some money and shop Amazon for back to school. It's for my growth. Meaning my body's growing at an alarming rate. And clothes you buy me this year will be very small very soon. Plus, the clothes I love today will be out of style tomorrow. But at least your wallet doesn't have to be my fashion victim if you shop low prices for school at Amazon. Hopefully this is helpful. Amazon. Spend less, small more. Capella University is rethinking higher education. With their game-changing FlexPath format, you can earn your degree on your schedule, so you can fit education seamlessly into your life. Imagine your future differently at capella.edu.